hunkered in the bunker lawyer talk special covid 19 edition we are lawyer talk off the record on the air steve palmer here alone at least physically at the 511 steam up all right jared joining us via interface video and audio interface at least video for me and obviously jared we are keeping our part of the bargain we're, we're definitely more than six feet apart. Well, the TV that I'm watching you on is less than six feet apart. I wonder if you're contagious that way. I'm out here in my main, main bunker. You're I'm in out your here bunker. in the back building. I'm in, I'm in my office right now. Now, the beard, the beard is at down. home, hunkered in in his bunker. He is not joining us today by any sort of uh, audio video feed. Uh, Bill, doing the same. I am holding the fort down, keeping the flag waving doing what we always do here for all our clients, all our listeners, and everybody else who participates in Lawyer Talk. So uh, this is Wednesday, uh, and you know what that means. Ordinarily. That's free, le- yeah. that's free legal advice. Free legal advice. Ordinarily, I would be over at the Blitz 99.7. They won't let me there. They think I'm contaminated. I'm just kidding. They're doing their part. They even have every DJ in different booths over there. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing I mean, their even, part. Even the two people that are married, that, that are going to leave and go home and sleep in the same bed, when they get to work, they're like this, uh-uh, not around here. You guys will separate. Yeah, and... and uh... Yesterday was the first official day of our quarantine. I had my store closed, and I showed up there with the, the steam cleaner uh, that I got to use from OCD Cleaning. And uh, going in there to sanitize my store, and I saw that there was a FedEx note because nobody was there to accept the package. And it says that after 5 o'clock, I can go run down there next to Easton. There's a little pickup place there, and they're open until 945. I show up in there. There's a woman behind the counter. This one guy that's, like, dancing like he's got ants in his pants with his gloves on and his wipes. And he's just, like, he's, like, wiping everything. He's, like, wiping his face. He's wiping the air around and uh, keeping his, his distance. And there's some talk amongst the, the clerk there. And I get up there, and he kind of looks at me, and he was like, so, like, this was my busiest days ever. He was like, is this quarantine? He's like, who's closed? <laughs> right. It, I was like, undercover officers. Yeah, there uh, you go. There I, you just, go. I just let a cat out of the bag right there, didn't I? So, undercover Cops. Well, I mean, down to, uh, you know, we talked to, uh, had a, a customer of ours that works as dispatcher for uh, Columbus CPD. And he was like, man, you know, if you get robbed, like he said this, like my store, if I got robbed, he was like, you're going to have to file online. Now that's Columbus, I, I'm supposing. I probably, you know, Westwood probably came out, but uh that's just the trying times right now. It is, yeah. And, you know, I, I guess on my end, uh, legal services were exempt from the closure order. So I can still be a lawyer. And, and thank goodness because, you know, I've actually got cases scheduled in court today. Uh, I've got to be in court. I, You know, and it's a very odd thought for me to actually have to walk over to the courthouse. Um, you know, I, I know generally the courthouse is looked upon as a very clean, sanitary environment. But, you know, it's still sort of scary. There's a lot of people coming in and out of there. I, I've said for years that every time I go over there, I feel like I am wandering around inside a Petri dish. 
Okay. There's some questionable characters in in those buildings from time or two. <laughs> well, I mean, you know what it is? It's a cross section of everybody. I mean, you got lawyers and you have clients and you have people. Well, those going are the questionable like, people I'm talking about. Well, right? sometimes lawyers. the lawyers, right? That's the big problem. <laughs> Uh, then you have people like uh, landlords going for evictions and you have uh, people going to get married and you have clerks of court who just going to work. And, you know, you got you got this broad uh, swath of people and, and uh, you know, so whatever kid, their kids and their kids, kids are bringing home. Uh, they're coming. Whatever to court. bus they rode in on with. Whatever. That's it. So the, the buses are still up and running. Right. Yeah. They're up and running. You know what? That's so like people, a, a. It's free. An automated. You know, transport paid for, by, paid, paid for the by the gas tax free rides for everybody to where they can freely exchange their coronavirus you know no charge for exchanging coronavirus today on coda why don't you start using that as a delivery service <laughs> you know just like just uh hang a bag on I, the, the back bus of the bus stops will be, be there did somebody else talk no okay no oh i thought i heard something else um that's 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 a good idea or you said micro center is open Micro Center was open the other day. Now, this was before the big close. I, I saw it on Sunday. I was oh. driving. I was buying groceries, and I saw the line. And I, and I did, uh, I confess, I went there uh, safely and purchased some items that I needed to make these interfaces work. So I, I took one for the team here so I could get, uh, I could keep the no, show going. That's that's why we're able to talk right now. Yeah, yeah. So I bought so, some devices, and, and now we can do this. Uh Media is allowed to be open, so I guess you know they might need some. I guess that's where Microsoft, that's where they can weasel through to stay open. Yep. Um, anybody with coronavirus can sneeze on your Big Mac, and if you haven't heard, they have a new double Big Mac out for limited time only. That's four patties in one Big Mac, and uh, whoever handles it handles it. You know what I mean? It's all good. Well, they're clean now. Walmart yesterday when I was at my store steaming it up, man, you know, I mean, 315 degrees, nothing's living now. And, uh, I, I might keep that whenever we reopen patrons come in on the steam, clean them, they're probably gonna be like, it burns, it burns. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna be like, this is for your safety. Um, so Walmart was looking good and busy. Uh, Kroger's was busy. Auto parts stores looked busy because they were open. Drove by Home Depot. They looked busy because they were open. And, and, and I just started thinking. I was like, what? Adult daycare, schools, colleges, they're closed. So, you know, and, and I, you know, and, and the last show that we did there with, with Doc, I was, I was concerned. It was my last day, you know, and I was trying to figure out what to do. And, I listened to the governor, lieutenant governor that night and uh, took took words out of their own mouth. And I had a transcript and written down and dated. And they said that because the set, the day after that, they said, you know, there's a bunch of tattletales out ratting people out. Like, why are they doing this? There's people mowing grass and there's well. And that's the other thing. Uh, Infrastructure is good to go. Right. Yeah. So. Uh, my brother-in-law works for a gas company that subcontracts out with Columbia Gas. And uh, they're like, no, keep digging holes. So they're running crews, two, three guys, four guys in a truck, right, packed in there, sharing shovels. And they got neighbors and people calling on them because they're state. So it's like they dig holes, all right? That's what they do, like, you know, and they work on gas lines that are underneath the ground. So 
how is how are they supposed to do their job when only one when they gotta be six feet apart? They're not digging holes six feet apart. You know what I mean? They're digging in the same hole. Well, you, you just get to the spot here where you wonder, like, have the exceptions sort of taken over the rule? And I and I appreciate yes. what the governor was trying to do here. You know, it was, um, it, you know, it's more of a, it was sort of telling people, look, we all understand that we have to do what we have to do. You know, we know that, uh, that we have to go and make the trains run on time. There still has to be infrastructure. There still has to be some commerce. There still has to be some business, but maybe you folks weren't taking it so seriously. So what I'm going to do is call this something else and then maybe you'll listen. And if you don't listen to that, then I'm going to call it something else and then really mean it. Um, so this is like double secret probation right now for society. So if you're out and, uh, and you're cruising around and acting like you don't care and getting drunk and, uh, partying still because you're 20 and you think, well, what the heck? I'm not going to get this bug anyway. Well, now it's going to get worse. You know, they're going to they're going to really crank in the uh, uh, the restrictions. So, what we need to do, I think, everybody needs to just be a little bit uh, smart, and everybody needs to sort of catch on that. All right, we've got to do this. We might as well make the best of it. Uh, do what we need to do, but let's not do more than what we need to do. Spend some time home with your kids. Spend some time. Uh, uh, you know, with your family, spend some time doing everything you have to, and, uh, uh, we'll get through it. Now, on, on the other hand, uh, y- you know, like what you're doing, Jared, uh, y- 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 really, you, if you can operate remotely, if you can, uh, still supply your product to folks without interaction, if you can still, uh, engage in commerce, I, the spirit of the order is do those things, right? We're, we're not trying to shut you down so you can't earn a living. We're just trying to say, Hey, look guys, uh, we, we need to be careful here. Well, that's just it. And, and I think that was a big part of what I heard the governor say too. He was like, if you can justify or have a rationality of, of through the, what we've written out, it's like 26 pages. You can find in there somewhere you rationalize it. How are you doing it? How clean are you? What safety measures have you taken? What we're taking is until the quarantine's off, no, no customer's going to walk into my store. There will never be more than two employees in my whole store. And we are going to be working by appointments, you know, uh, throughout. We're just going to do pickups that are going to be for three hours a day for three days a week, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And right now we are communicating with our customers. We're like personal shoppers, right? They're leaving us an email. We'll call them back. We're walking around. We'll tell them what we've got. We can even FaceTime them. You know, with technology today, I can video show them. If they have a problem with their unit, they can show us. I'm like, oh, you need this right here for it. Got that part. Then we do the whole, they already pay for it. It's paid for online. And then they tell me that, you know what I mean? We're like, okay. And then we're also staggering them out so they won't all pile up there. All right, here we go. Hold on, hold on. And you better call them right now. 821-9970. Live as the pandemic rolls on, ladies and gentlemen. And we are all quarantined. Steve Palmer is doing God's work, answering your legal questions. Steve, how you doing, man? Hey, man, I'm doing great. We are uh, hunkered down in my studio. Uh, and, uh, you know, legal is exempt, so we're, you know, the show must go on. I, I'm doing our podcast. I'm still uh, going to court uh, as I need to and taking care of folks who need help. So court's still happening, huh? Like, the judge shows up. There's no electronic judge yet. Well, th- it, it all depends. Holograms. Holograms. Yeah, sometimes we have, like... Funny. 
remote Zoom type stuff, uh, sometimes uh, there has to be uh, a, a, some personal interaction. So I think everybody's just making the best of at least the essential stuff is, is still happening. Wow. It, it's almost like everybody's making it up as they go along because who would ever dream in a million years we would be here, right? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, everybody has like in their head, well, you know, I, I'll never get totally shut down. You know, the society will always still work and whatever planning you're doing. And, and then we have this scenario, which is nothing short of a movie scene, you know? You're a pretty meat and potatoes guy. I mean, but also acknowledging science and, and realistic things in the world. What do you think uh, as this uh, Easter date is floated out there that we could uh, open America back up, quote unquote. Like, do you think we're ready for that, or do you think? Uh, well, where do you stand? Well, he, I, the answer is I don't know that we're ready for that, and I, don't, I think Easter might be a little aggressive on this. I mean, I think here here's the bottom line. And I was talking to a uh, a doctor buddy of mine, even on my show yesterday, that uh, and did an interview with him, and he had an, a really interesting insight into this. And he's like, "Look, we could test everybody." Um, so it's really about testing. So if you tested everybody, if we would just say, all right, everybody's going to get tested, uh, hire somebody to produce these tests. And uh, then those who test that that show up with the antibodies in their system, meaning they've already had it, they wait, what, 14 days and you know they're good. And they go out and they can work. Uh, you test folks and they show that they do have the virus and it's active. Well, guess what? You're in quarantine. But soon enough, within 30 to 45 days, you can go out and work. And then those who don't have the virus or those who are high-risk folks, well, they're just stayed in quarantine until they get it. Uh, and by then, maybe uh, the folks who have been out in the field working uh, can keep things going. And uh, maybe even uh, if it goes long enough, there's a vaccine or, or some other way to uh, to deal with the, the virus as it's occurring. So I think a I lot like of this is— not on the same plan because I think that's it is individualistic your body and how it handles things you're right we are united as a people I believe but like we're all so used to being independent in a way that relying on everyone's health all at the same time like we're all one person in unison it may be unrealistic or it may be the most beautiful thing that's ever happened to mankind. We'll find out. We we do have some legal questions here. Uh, if you want to get yeah. on the line, uh, 821 What do we have on text? Uh, this is from Kendall. I am split custody with my ex, and I don't want him passing my kids back and forth. He's infecting them by not staying at home. They're going everywhere. Social distancing is not in his vocab, and I think I just want to keep the kids. Yeah, I mean, this is this is a tough question. Now, I did note in uh, in the orders and the uh, governor's uh, mandates that, that you can still do child exchanges for custody purposes. And you know, this is you, you start getting lower and lower into the weeds on this. And I think there just has to be uh, some cooperation. Like you, you were talking, Loper. Like you know, maybe we can come together on this. But to the extent it's not happening, what do we do about it? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I, I I don't know how what to say to that. It's like if your if your ex is taking your kids to uh, to the gym or to wherever they go to expose them, uh, it's just dangerous for everybody. I mean, I think kids by and large are, are not contracting this like others are. Uh, but as soon as they become carriers, uh, then the parents get it, and then it gets really ugly. So, you know, for me, I'm, I have to come into the office. We're being very careful. But if my children get give me this virus, then, you know, my office sort of implodes. So I've got to be ultra cautious too. I guess that's my long-winded way of saying I, 
I don't know, man. Uh, maybe maybe a long talking to uh, and, and, and some imploring might be the best uh, tonic. Or if you just don't do the exchange, sooner or later the authorities are going to get involved and it'll get ugly. So I, I don't have a good answer for that one. All right. The next question is kind of along the same lines. It's from Mikey. He says, do I still have to pay child support during these times? I've been laid off and I don't have it. Uh, so far, yes. Uh, and, you know, if those who have been laid off and can't pay – uh, don't. I mean, the arrearages will uh, will show up. Now, if you think your layoff's permanent or you think it's going to go, your, your, your income won't be the same for a long, 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 long time, then I, I think the best recommendation would be to uh, file for a modification now because then at least it's dated in time. And, and modification filings, modific- modification filings can be backdated. So, uh, you know, all I can say is if it's going to be permanent or, or lengthy, then at least file now for a modification with the Child Support Enforcement Agency, and then it can be sorted out later. Okay. Here's another question that's sort of similar. <laughs> uh, this I don't want to say who it's, who it's coming from, but uh, this is from one of the listeners that uh, texts, in, uh, texts in pretty often. All right. So uh, he says, what happens if you owe money? say unemployment or child support, will you still get your stimulus check or will they hold it like they do with taxes? Uh, I, I, first of all, I don't know what's going on with the stimulus checks. I mean, the answer is I have no clue. I mean, I, I suspect that there is, uh, can you just imagine the bureaucracy that would be required for the stimulus checks to link up with the, uh, those other things you're talking about there? Like if you owe money on something, are they going to garnish it? Uh, my guess is that would be logistically almost impossible, but uh, and yeah. So for those of us who don't know, like how far apart are those branches of government? Uh, I mean, they're pretty far apart. Uh, I mean, like the the stimulus checks are coming from the federal government, and I think you're talking about like child support, which is in uh, in other stuff, which is generally at the state level. So to the extent that there's social security numbers behind those things, I guess uh, you would think that they could be linked up uh, rather quickly. But uh, on the other hand. It would surprise me. I mean, I, I can't even, you know, go to the Bureau of Motor Vehicles and license suspensions take for, uh, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks to show up. Uh, so if you just use that as an example, I doubt that all that would happen that quickly. Um, but it could. So what is your whole take on this stay-at-home uh, order from the governor? Legally, you know, usually Americans can roam and travel free wherever they want to go. What happens if we are out late and, and you get pulled over by the police? Like, What is the, the worst-case scenario or best-case scenario that could happen to people that aren't supposed – if you don't have, like, a job where you're supposed to be out? Yeah, so this is, this is a good question. I mean, generally, if you violate a governor's order, an executive order in Ohio, I believe it's a misdemeanor of the second degree, maximum punishment of up to 90 days in jail – uh, but again, then then you have to start deciding what how specific is the order. And if I'm going to defend this legally, I'm going to be asking, well, what the heck does the order mean in the first place? Because really, the latest order was more of an iteration of the previous orders when they sort of went to essential businesses only. It's one of those rules where the exceptions almost overtook it. You know, there, there's a lot of exceptions. And I think what the governor was saying was, was I was just having this conversation. It, it was like, all right, now we really mean it, guys. You know, we're going to let you earn a living. We're going to let you go to work. We're going to let you do what's essential in your lives, but darn it, stay home, you know, and, and don't go out screwing around and uh, getting careless about this. So if you're pulled over 
you know, at one in the morning, I'm not sure that would be a big deal because you're in your car alone. But I think it's a better question. What happens if you're uh, like at a park playing basketball closely to people? Or what happens if you're uh, if you go shopping at at Walmart with five kids? And, you know, it's like it gets sort of there's a lot of gray area in that. And I think for that reason, it would be hard to prosecute. But I, I, again, I think, like you said, you know, Americans are going to come together and it's really more of a uh, let's abide by the spirit of this, guys. Let's, let's let's all stay safe and careful, and then maybe we can lick this thing once and for all. And, you know, whether this is the right strategy or not, uh, only history will tell. And I think going forward, like if you look at South Korea as a model, well, they already had their chance to experiment with this stuff with H1N1 and, and SARS, and, you know, they've been through this. They, they knew what to do, and, and now we're learning what to do, and rest assured, uh, I'm it won't happen like this again. I'm almost positive. Okay, so we have tons of them coming in right now. I'm not going to say the names. That's probably a good idea. Love. Uh, lawyer question. As of now, my company is open, but they said if we were to stay open, that all of us would be enforced to use our vacation and PTO days. What is that? You meant if uh, they were to close. I'm oh, sorry, if they were to close. Okay, because you wrote back. Uh, all time off days. Personal yeah. time off days before going to unemployment. Is that legal for them to force us to use those before we can hit unemployment, or can I just... If we get laid off, can I go right to the unemployment? Well, the answer, again, is a resounding, I don't know for sure. I mean, I, when I looked into this, uh, because, look, times are hard on all of us. I, some of my staff is experiencing this as well. Uh, and, you know, the the rules for this unemployment, the COVID-19 unemployment, have sort of been uh, streamlined. And, and I don't know that they're going to be, if it's, if it's cool to be forced to use your, your PTO first, um, and I'm not even sure how it's going to look on the backside when the employers deal with the unemployment claims. My understanding is there's going to be some concessions there, too. So I think there's a good FAQ section uh, on the website for the unemployment. And uh, if that's not addressed, then, uh, you know, maybe I hate to say call because it'll take like hours to get through. But uh, the answer is it's all we're in the Wild West, guys. I mean, we we don't know what this is going to look like on the back end. And there's a lot of stuff happening uh, quickly without a lot of forethought. And I think that's a good thing in a lot of ways. I mean, because as a result of that, people are able to get unemployment almost immediately without the usual red tape and delays. But uh, stuff like that's just going to have to get sorted out later. All right. I'm not going to say this person's name, but they said, uh, thanks for staying on the radio. As mentioned, I work in healthcare, and I'm, the, and I'm on the brink. I'm on the brink. Oh, my God. Of quitting. The exposure and the lack of common human decency. But could you ask Steve Pollard what's up with places like Rena Center? I rent a laptop. I'm in healthcare though, like I said. My husband was laid off two weeks ago. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be feeding my kids and keeping my lights on before I pay this laptop bill. What do you think? Oh, I got you. So she's got a contract on a laptop rental from Renta Center. And they don't yeah. seem to be giving her any concessions. Yeah. Uh, yes, no, no means to pay it right now. There's been a loss of job in the family. Yep. No, I got it. So let me just give me a comment on this. This is, uh, first of all, that's horrible. It sucks. And, and I don't have, you know, it, what's human decency and what's not. I, I don't have an answer for that. But I can say this. And I think this came up in another question and answer session I had recently where somebody was getting evicted and the landlord was saying, look, I, I got it. You got to pay me. And they're like, well, I can't pay you. Um, and maybe this was on our, on your show last week, but it, I guess we all have to look at this like there's always a chain, and whoever is um, uh, above you also owes, and whoever's above that person also owes. And when you have a complete 
breakdown of everything, uh, it's really difficult to sort all that out. And to say that they're being uh, insensitive without knowing more. Now, if they don't, if it's not, uh, if they got plenty of money and they're saying, screw you, I don't care, pay me, uh, well, then that is insensitive. Um, and, and I would guess this. If she didn't pay, it's not like they're going to come and, and repo stuff. I mean, in, in all the lawsuits, all the collections, all the stuff is going to be sorted out for years as a result of this. So I would say we are in crisis mode. Do what you have to do to protect your family. Do what you have to do to protect your income. Do what you have to do to protect your ability to live day in and day out. And it will get sorted out later. There will be a lot of fallout, both good and bad. And it's just it, it's sort of at a point where – uh, it doesn't help to say you're not alone, but you're not alone. And, and a lot of people will be going through this, too. Probably would hurt to bark a little further up the dog chain there, or the food chain at, at Renner Center. Make sure you're talking to the top, the, you know, the top of the top management. That's right. Really, yeah, I agree with really that. appeal yeah. to somebody's emotions. Steve, thanks so much, man. Even in a pandemic, Steve Palmer coming through with awesome legal advice. Check out his podcast and uh, his whole 511 setup over there. Yeah, in fact, we're recording right here at 511 uh, for Lawyer Talk, and we're doing our podcast as we speak. So this will be uh, re-presented on our podcast, and I think maybe next week we might even extend it, and I'll take some calls on my end. So thanks, guys. I appreciate it, and everybody stay safe. Awesome. Thanks, Steve. All right. That was Lawyer Talk. Uh, it really, Blitz Edition, huh, Jared? Blitz Edition. So let's, I mean, let, let's talk about that paid time off and, and vacation days. Uh, Sometimes if you get fired or quit, I don't know that they owe you that pay. Well, right? uh, so it, if, they might if actually, if, I mean, they might, I don't know how that goes through. That's that, that there's a, there's a lot to it there. Um, you, you'd have to go through and see where they're working because there's multiple things on that, man. I mean, uh, you gotta realize that even under this, if you file for unemployment, you're going to get 25%. You know, what I mean, of what you would make. So you're going to get low there. You know, what I mean, so at one point it may be in your better financial interest to keep your home together if you used your vacation, if you used your paid time off. I don't know if they were yeah. forcing that. And so what a lot of the reasons that they're putting this out that way is so that when things come back, they don't look for a different job. So they hold their job. That's why they're not asking. Because if you go on unemployment, you have to, uh, you know, I mean, I forget if it's like three jobs a week, five jobs a week, where you have to apply. You have to show, send back to, you know, to continue to get your check that you have been looking for work. Where did you go? What, you know, I mean, what did you fill out? And they're saying you don't have to do that now because they're just looking to give some tide to hold over so that when, when things, you know, come back, that you just go back to work. They yeah. know that you're not looking for work, that, that that your employer right now needs to tighten the belts. So you go home, tighten the belt. Once again, if you're only getting the 25%, that means that you have to use that for needs. There's needs and wants, man. You know, we need water. We need food. We need shelter. We need clothing. Yeah. Um, most everything else that gets mixed into that is is a want. Well, and, and you know, I, I guess I, I just urge everybody in this time of crisis – to look at this from everybody's perspective uh, and, and try to figure out what's motivating everybody. Because uh, at, at no matter where you are right now, just understand your world has been turned upside down. And, and this is not a situation where I think you can just look at your employer and say, 
you know, you're an insensitive, greedy, awful person because, you know, your employer is now struggling with no income, no ability to make payroll, uh, business bills racking up, personal bills racking up. And the thought of particularly like in, like, we'll say my situation or your situation, Jared, or a smaller business where you have spent 25 years building something that you care about and consider it your family and you uh, you end up in a scenario where you're just uh, everything, you're going to lose it all. So that's how they feel. Now they're doing whatever they can to save their own ship and everybody else's. Uh, that's the one side of it. The other side of it is maybe they are greedy, greedy, awful people. And in that, in that situation, call them on it. You know, it, yeah, they call them on it. Yeah. This isn't to say that I'm defending greedy, awful people who are, are insensitive. I, it is to say that don't, as you're looking up from the bottom through the prism of, of, of feet or hundreds of feet of ocean water thinking my world is about to end, uh, you don't see it necessarily clearly. And, and we all do this. This isn't a criticism of anyone in particular. And it's easy to not see the other person's um, uh, plight and understand it and know that they are probably experiencing the same feelings you are, but maybe for different reasons. So I guess, I guess that's my take. The street, the street, uh, smart advice that I had given the rent center girl would have been like this pretty much to a point what you said as to, yeah, there, there's nobody coming pounding on doors looking to either grab furniture or a laptop because that's, you know, I mean, that they're like, I don't go get sick. I ain't gonna collect that guy ain't been paying on the furniture. He's got five kids. I ain't go and grab his furniture. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I and it'll take forever. But what I would have suggested was to send one dollar. Okay. Yeah. If your if your monthly rent was fifty, I would have sent one dollar. That way, in the court's minds and everything going through there, you are showing that you are true to keeping up with it, and eventually you're gonna pay. Well, your payment's fifty dollars, not one dollar. Well, one's better than nothing. Yeah. So, and, and, and that shows my, my, that, that, that I'm, st- that, you know, what I mean, that would kind of, I don't know if there's any legal backing to that, but that would be my, that was what, that would be my suggestion. Well, it's, it's a good, it's not a bad suggestion. I hadn't even thought about that is make partial payments on the stuff you can and do the best you can because you, at least you're showing a good faith on your end. And I think if it doesn't, I can't say it's necessarily going to change much with respect to how the courts might look at it later, but it may change it. And how the how, they feel. how the business is looking at it. Like, all right, at least you're trying. And and I've run a business for years and I've extended lots of free credit to clients who have trouble paying. And I tell them the same thing every time. Tell me, they, they say, well, can I make payments? And I know I owe you money. Can I make payments? And I say, yes. And they always ask, how much? And I said, tell me what you can afford. Because if you tell me a number that you can't afford and then you don't do it, well, that, that, it's hard for me to get my head around that. I need to know what you can afford and then do it. Uh, I don't want you to pay more. And I always tell people the same thing. Do not tell me a number that's going to be unrealistic for you because uh, that's not fair to me or you. And if I'm not good at, if I can't work on that basis, then I'll just tell you the truth and that'll be that. Uh, so I, I think a lot of this is about the the barriers that we throw up uh, due to the conflict instead of trying to resolve it with a little bit of uh, honest, open discussion. And, you know, if, if, if this individual calls Renaissance and said, look, I can pay you $20, not 50. Um, can you work with me for a while? And then they say no. Well, all right. Then you feel a little bit better about it uh, because at least you tried. 
uh, and then maybe send them the $20 anyway. Now, if they say, all right, here's what we're doing. Uh, we've got a program where we're going to, we're going to start doing this and this and this, uh, and we're going to, we're going to work it out on the back end. The more people that call and have that conversation with the rent centers of the world or the creditors of the world, the farther it will go. And, and I urge this a uh, uh, hundred times more than I would urge government intervention to prevent it because, you know, as, as a business, a small business, the government sitting in Washington, D.C. has no idea what I can afford to pay or not pay or what I can afford to forgive or not forgive. Uh, and, you know, the, the business owner knows the best of what is doable and what's not. And I think that's the level that this kind of stuff should be resolved. That's my take on it anyway. No, no, I, I agree with you there. And then I was thinking about, I bet you there was a handful of the same that they didn't even tell you about when it comes down to uh, child, uh, you know, split, split uh, uh, parenting. Cause I've, I've thought about yeah. that. I was like, man, would this open a can of worms of blame and shame and arguments and no, this is best for the kids and fights to hold kids back and not let them go. Or, and you know I mean? What it could do is, Cause I've seen a number of people that have, uh, I've seen some split custody things go along just fine. Um, that's like one out of a thousand. Yep. Um, there's always an issue and it just goes to where sometimes they might not even consciously know they're doing it, but it's like, here's an in, here's an up for me. You know I mean, this, I can use this. This is a, this is a, a card that they just handed me. Um, and I could just see where there would be a lot of that. Yeah. And, you know, I, I guess I, I'd be really, really remiss and negligent if I didn't say this. Keep your kids in mind and put them where they need to be, right? And, well, that, that would be the problem is that they would, they would say they're doing it for their kids. That's a lie. That's a they're lie. They're doing it for their own ego. They're doing it for their own power. They're doing it for their own moves. Yep, their own, they're gotcha. using them. They're using them as a pawn. Well, I have to get, you know, I mean, you're not protecting them, so I have to. Yeah. And, and that is, uh, that goes without saying. And, you know, it's, a, you used all the right terminology, power, ego, uh, as pawns. And that's what, that's what a lot of people do. And they're not bad people. They just, you know, the power of emotion and pain and hurt that goes along, not only with the split up of not seeing your children regularly, but also with, you know, the fear that's going on right now and the, in the, the, just that whole 360 degree, uh, onslaught of emotional pain and agony and stress and, and anxiety that uh, it's really easy to uh, to get hung up and not remember the kids. And I, and I rarely say put the kids first because I think that has a connotation that doesn't, uh, uh, you know, people are going to say, oh, he's saying don't take the kids first. What I'm saying is the kids are very, very important and maybe first consider what they need, but their needs, uh, you, have to, you have to evaluate what is best for those kids. And uh, you, you always want to make sure because, look, I could go broke uh, and and say it would have been – I could say, look, I should be home with my kids no matter what. I don't care. But if I go broke and I can't pay for my house because I can't be there 24-7 with my kids, well, that's not the best for the kids. Um, there's a balance there and there's life and, and all that gets in the way. So uh, we all know intuitively, I think, or at least I hope we know how to be good parents and um, – it's a time where I, I, my best advice there is give it reflection, step outside your own head for a second, look at the scenario and ask yourself how you would tell somebody else to deal with that. And uh, I think a lot of times that gives me the, 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 I don't know, the insight and the path to make a good decision on those things. So 
kids, kids are there's going to be a number of kids that are going to remember this. I mean, from all age groups, yep. because I have talked to a number of parents that I know, friends of mine that have kids, and uh, these are just even like the married couples. They're enlisted in doing homeschooling, which um, that they have to follow these programs that they're given online right now that they're supposed to teach your kids and then input and go back out with them. They're, they're trying to figure out how to use this system. Right. They're like, I don't even, you know what I mean? They're, they're like, how do I download this? How do I input this? And then they're trying to teach the kids. So now let's do the same scenario with split custody. So you've got one teacher for, for this many days, another teacher for this many days. How is communication going between there? How is the schoolwork? Is there any learning getting done? Um, you know, there's seniors right now that aren't going to win that state championship. There's kids right now that may not get drafted into a professional sport leagues because they didn't have a time to shine or that one big play or the final follow-up on them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I never gave a shit about the prom, but evidently some kids do. You know what I mean? That's gone. Well, what I can say to all this is is, is something that I think maybe is a is sort of, again, stepping out of it and looking back. And I remember my grandmother um, – who lived in her formidable years through the depression. And she would have been in a scenario, like we used to look at her and she would wash the plastic forks. We'd go down in the basement and uh, she still called it a cellar. Uh, we'd go down there and there would be stuff on the shelves that had been there for 15 years. You know, it's, I remember looking at that, like grandma, you got to throw this crap out. Uh, you know, it changed her forever, but not for the worse. You know, it's, it's an interesting thing. You know, I think experiences, adversity, things like this tend to, to influence who we become and what we are in, in a really good way, as long as you overcome it. Um, you know, it, it would be, it's so easy to say, well, you know, it sucks. My kid will never, or he won't get to go to the prom or she won't get to go to the prom. But what is the lesson that your, ch your children are learning instead? And is that a better lesson or maybe even an equally important one? And it's not just about having times easy. It's about having times tough because, I mean, look, we're sheltering our children from this to the extent that we can. You know, they're not feeling the direct onslaught of the financial stress of the of the unknowns of getting a disease that you don't quite understand. We're, we're, we're putting up a barrier with our kids, but it's coming through. You know, some of that comes through and hopefully just enough where they can they can understand the adversity and then understand what it feels like when we get through it and how to do that because incrementally they have to learn those lessons as they go through their lives. And, and man, I look at my children and my first reaction was they're never going to get to do this. You know, my son was about to take his driver's test. He's not gonna be able to get to do that. Um, and then I started to think, well, what is, what are they going to get as kids that, that maybe I didn't, and they're going to get to experience adversity in such a way and at such a time in their lives that it will help them deal with, uh, lesser problems later. So that, that maybe is the best I got well, for that. Shorty had said uh, to me as well, she's like, you know, Jared, she's like, this just may be a call from the cosmic for us to get our heads out of our ass. You know, she didn't say it that way, but she just yeah. said for, for people to be nicer to each other, for people to have, you know I mean, let, let's have more, you know what I mean? Forget about what's worth, what has worth, you will find more now. You know what I mean? What yeah. you thought had value before you will find has next to no value. And it, it'll kind of just break it down and, and get us to the point to where, you know, what I mean, take care of your neighbors, be there for one another. And that's the other kind of thing that I'm upset about, because I do believe there are paper stores that are open. I've heard comments and stuff and there's people just going like, ah, screw it. And 
I'm not, I'm not going that route. And it's just like, to a point it's like, okay. And, and that was it too. I don't have the paperwork here. This is really called the stay at home. You know I mean, he doesn't, I mean, he's calling it the stay at when the, the, the governor's calling it something loud. This the stay at home, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Whatever. It is. Yeah. I don't remember. And cause that's what he's just saying. And that was really kind of what he said a couple of times. He's like, just come on, just, just knock it off. Just, just, just. Let's take it seriously. Down. Right. Well, let me I read mean, something. And, and this is, right. uh, maybe we'll close it with this, but, uh, I, I stumbled on this and it fits into what you were saying. And, and it's a quote that I read and it sort of hit me as, uh, as appropriate at the time. Um, and here's the quote. It is difficult to resist the conclusion that 20th century man has decided to abolish himself. Tired of the struggle to be himself, he has become or he has created boredom out of affluence, impotence out of his own erotomania, vulnerability out of his own strength. He himself blows the trumpet that brings the walls of his own cities crashing down until at last, having educated himself into imbecility, having drugged and polluted himself into stupefaction, he kneels over a weird... Weary old brontosaurus and becomes a he, kneel, he keels over like a weary old brontosaurus and becomes extinct. Uh, and like you said, maybe we just got a little bit too complacent in our worlds, and um, it's time to focus on our individuality and what we can do to better ourselves and others around us. Uh, which it, it, you know, this is a time when maybe uh, we, like Shorty said, we got it's a cosmic lesson. We got to reset our focus and um, and appreciate what we need, what we want and what we have and know the difference between all three of those things in a very, uh, real way. So, uh, that's my take for the day here at, uh, another bunker edition of lawyer talk off the record on the air. We are at channel five eleven, uh, or at, well, we are at studio C here on channel com. Now I am anyway, you alone, are. uh, six feet away studio from the screen. I'm, I'm in, I'm in studio J you're in studio Jared that J uh, six Jay feet away from me, Jumptown. at least on the video screen. Uh, and we're going to bring some content this way. I, I brought in uh, Dr. Pulaski last night. I'm doing some fireside chat stuff. Uh, we're going to bring in uh, Jared every time we can. We're going to bring in the beard if that works out. Bill, if that works out. We're not leaving. We're here. And we're going to provide all the stuff that people want to hear and hopefully maybe even stuff that people need to hear. How about that one? Uh, all right. So for now, this has been another riveting edition of Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air, with the Blitz, as it turns out. So those who didn't uh, uh, catch it, you got to hear it now. Uh, and if you want to catch it next Wednesday, you know where to go. Uh, this is Lawyer Talk off the record, on the air, at least until now.